Well, welcome to machine learning. And, uh, you know, I started to uh, uh, look at some Stack Overflow machine learning questions and uh, in the data science sector. And uh, I'm surprised that there's so few questions, really, you know, which tells me that either people are as asking those questions out on the main Stack Overflow queue or they don't know about these specialized queues. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, and some of it's just like, you can tell it's like beginner level data science, like random forest, and then they want to know, like, an expert system does all these if-then-else, and how can I do the same thing with, uh, with a random forest tree, you know, or decision tree? And there's a lot of confusion about, you know, what a decision tree is, what's a random forest, and, uh, and so they're, um, they, uh, um, they, they get confused, and so, as a result, it's like, uh, well, first of all, if you're doing classification, it's either going to be multi-label or it's going to be binary. Very simple. That's your basic rule. You're going to set up a truth table. So, you know, you look at different features and then you're going to measure the outcome in that binary uh, binomial target. So it just seems like it's so unintuitive. And I remember when I first started uh, in college and we had a little expert system, forward chaining. Uh, we could do back chaining, but it was a forward chain. And uh, forward chaining, you just set up your rules, and then it would you you receive an input, and based on that input, you get an output. That's exactly what a classifier does: is you have an input, you have a black box, you have an output, or multiple outputs, and. Uh, so the world of classification is going to be really important. Um, I wanted to touch on another uh, thing that was kind of interesting uh, in Stack Overflow yesterday. And there was a question about uh, they were using a pivot table and they were having a hard time getting the, not the necessarily the aggregation to work, but getting the sorting to work. And uh, so what I, uh, what I did was I took my group by and got my aggregations correct by the group by, and uh, and then uh, once I had the group by, I uh, I did a sort on the group by, got certain uh, columns to sort correctly, and then I put it into a pivot. Now the pivot uses the multi-index of either a data frame or a group by, and you've got, you've got your index, you've got your columns, and then you have your values. Now the, the trick on the going from the group by to the values is that you need to define the values. And so what I did is in my group by, I set up an ag func uh, and used uh, the sum and then, using the group by results, 
I reset index and gave it the name of my values that I had previously summed, I gave it the name sum. Um, or I can say sum values or to running total or whatever. Or it wouldn't be running total, but I could call it totals. And then in my pivot table, I can now reference in the values, I can reference that uh, reset index. Got a variable name. And that's not intuitive. The API, uh, it, it, you're looking at it and going, well, how does the reset index become the values in the pivot table? Well, um, and that's kind of the great mystery that they were having. And I explained that, you know, that it's, uh, it's resetting, giving you your name to the values and uh, and then you can use that in your pivot table. And then once I got the pivot table created, then I created uh, a new column called totals. And then I summed all of the columns, the axis equals columns. I summed those into uh, a running or a totals column on the pivot table. And then I took the, the results of that pivot table and I sorted it from descending to ascending uh, for the totals. And see, these are the, you know, I didn't have to go through any really complex Pythonic programming to do this. And I saw a lot of people were, were really fighting with levels. They were doing a lot of stuff with levels. Basically what a level is in your multi-index is you have uh, let's say you have three indexes, uh, nation, state, and city. You're, you're going to sort things by nation, state, and city. Or country, state, and city. Let's just go that way. Country, city, town. Uh, let's see, state, providence, or city, town. I guess that's how you say it if you're talking internationally. Okay, so then you sort that way. So um, country would be... Uh, and I, let me rephrase that. Country, state, providence, city, town. Okay, got that. Okay, so now country would be level zero. State, providence would be level one. And city, town would be level two. And so that's what they're doing. They're playing with those levels. And uh, you can do... You can drop levels. You can re-index on those levels. And uh, a lot of it is you have to understand what that reset index is doing. And it's just it's just a very powerful uh, API call in Python. But it doesn't have a very good description. And it does more than what the description describes. And so... Um, I think that's going to be reworked in the future because it does it makes for poor readability when you're looking at it. You're like, what? Why did they do the reset index there? Well, you have to kind of understand what their objective is. And sometimes when people are chaining one thing to another, uh, the intention is lost. And, and that's why in Python you want to write good comments. What your what is your objective in the chain? You know, so that someone coming along who's doing maintenance on this 
can read your code and understand what you are trying to do. Um, and so I do find that aspect of Python programming somewhat challenging, is that you get these smart people and then they, they do these clever Pythonic code chains, and then you look at them and you're like, well, I guess it works, but you really don't understand why it works. And, uh, and so that, that becomes a challenge. So I did like the, the more straightforward approach. It was, you know, like a group by, a, a reset index, and then a pivot. Um, and so, you know, three calls to get my data the way I liked it. All right. So that's also the reason why that became valuable is I also was able to quickly take some data uh, and model it using a heat map. And heat map is very good for understanding three dimensional um, uh, uh, multi-index data or hierarchical data. It's very good for understanding that. And so um, I really like heat map. Uh, if you haven't used it, you know, take some time. You look at group by, reset index, pivot, and heat map. That's the four. And you can go to my GitHub and, and take a look at uh, some of the examples I have on that. Um, and I, I do have a, a lot of my Stack Overflow uh, Q&A. You can just look for the Stack Overflow and you can see you know, some of those Q&A questions that I've been answering. And uh, it's uh, sometimes I, what I find is that uh, heat map um, really tells you a story quick. Like I did that with some uh, division data and looked at it and I could see right away uh, which divisions were performing over the multiple years. And, uh, I, you know, that's kind of a, an interesting thing because if you study the data, then you can understand uh, what's happening at a, a, at a glance really quick. You, know, you can kind of get that state of health uh, just by looking at some key indicators. Really like that heat map. And uh, I know they had one called Sunburst. And I, I looked at Sunburst, and I used that on that UFO data. So if you want to go look at that and uh, examine how Sunburst works. But I, you know, and it was looking at where in Idaho uh, most of the UFO sightings were, and they're most of them were in Boise, by the way. And even though I've never seen a UFO in Boise, it's like the number one area because it's got the most population would be Boise. And uh, then in, there was quite a few in Twin Falls. I was really surprised to see that. And uh, I did, uh, one time I was out at uh, Mountain Home and uh, was listening to a presentation on Saturn. And the first part, they showed a picture of a UFO. And they said, you know, what could this be? And they were saying that it was taken at a high-speed shutter rate. And that thing was zipping across the sky and they wanted to, you know, they contact the Air Force and asked if they'd been running any special, uh, you know, special equipment or, or planes or things like that. And they said no. So anyway, you know, even if they had, would you, would you tell the public that you were running a, a specialized or classified plane? So maybe, maybe they were, maybe they weren't, who knows. But, uh, 
uh, anyway, it became kind of an interesting thought, you know, a UFO this close, spotted in Mountain Home. So a lot of the, you know, the only thing you have to identify with a UFO is that, you know, what was its shape, color, orientation, uh, you know, what was the time of day, was it moving left to right, was it, you know, was it hoovering in the air, was it changing the colors, and there were a lot, lot of different shapes, there were oval, disc, uh, spherical, triangular, square, uh, rectangular, I guess they called it rectangular, not square, and, uh, you know, there were at least uh, 10 different types of uh, shapes. People were seeing things and they weren't sure what they were, and, uh, you know, there were some that you were obviously, you know, made up, like, I saw this giant saucer and it hoovered over me and it was going to pick me up off the ground, almost like fire in the sky. If you've ever seen that movie. Um, I didn't like that one. That was actually kind of a horror movie. And uh, never watched it after that. Watched it when I was a kid and had no desire to watch it again. So, uh, anyway, uh, machine learning. You know, we're moving to a new state. And I'm going to I was talking to a friend yesterday about how uh, McKinsey was saying, you know, the, the consulting company was saying that uh, um, that they think that in the next 10 years that AI will displace 120 million jobs. And so I've been really picking up on that and I've been talking to some of my colleagues about, you know, forming a forming education uh, platform to help people transition into uh, data science or data engineering and understanding what it's going to take to be able to do a job in that field or be able to uh, work in different pipelines and fix data and how to conceptualize the data, how to validate it, cross-validate, um, how to do different types of uh, uh, functionality, you know, that uh, is data, data oriented. And, you know, maybe the, even uh, some cognitive psychology might be in order, depending on how sophisticated these machines become, you know, because we don't know when things begin to talk, uh, you know, what, how they will, what they will say. And even with Alexa, you know, it's, does it really have cognitive ability? But then when you look at Sophia and, you know, how it's processing, it's getting pretty close. And then you look at uh, NLP Turing, and they say it has human-level comprehension uh, for understanding different uh, uh, reading context. Then, you know, there's it definitely opens up a a new realm of possibilities.